Boom. Hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom, what's going on you guys? Real quick, the Protector Symposium 4.0 is coming up. This episode is amazing. It's an amazing opportunity to talk about some of the things we will be training at the Protector Symposium 4.0. Entangled combatives, entangled combatives. That's what James is doing in this video. And I just wanna let you guys know, we will be in Florida October 1st through the 3rd studying just that with one of the best, the best in my opinion, instructor in the world when it comes to entangled combatives with regards to knife fighting and gun uh, employment, you know, your CCW employment in that area. So go to protectorsymposium.com and get your ticket while tickets last. We will be hands-on inside cars, human pressure, learning how to actually draw your gun and implement it in the exact same type of situation, close to the same, the same type of situation that James is in in this scenario. So don't hesitate. Get to protectorsymposium.com and get your tickets now. Uh, another thing you guys can take advantage of is our free training manual. We have a free training manual put together by all of the instructors we've had at the Protector Symposiums. This is your chance to get at a tremendous discount uh, uh, on, on, on the Protector Symposiums, but first and foremost, to also get um, the free training guide we put together based on the things we've learned from some of the best in the world uh, with regards to personal protection. So no matter what your background, law enforcement, professional protectors, uh, civilians, go protectornation.com and get that free training manual now. But hopefully we can see you guys at the Protector Symposium and we can all train together uh, and you guys can get a digital ticket or an in-person ticket. That's protectorsymposium.com. All of it can be found at my website, Byron Rogers, R-O-D-G, rogers.com. Hope to train with you guys. We want to make the world a safer place by making good people more dangerous. Back to the podcast. Out. Boom. Boom. What's going down, y'all? What up? What up? What up? What's going down? We gave everyone a few minutes to get up on here. Your device. Have, okay. Boom. This we're we're doing. I'm doing this new live stream deal, and gonna be doing some recordings tonight. Got the honor of hanging with Mike Canone. Um, and we are about to go over a number of different things. We're gonna hit just so you guys know where we're where we're running. Um, <clears throat> we're gonna talk a little bit about some current events. You know, we're gonna get into um, some things that we've all been talking about for quite a lot, quite a lot this year. And then, of course, we're gonna talk about the tactical stuff carry stuff. We're going to talk about this protector symposium 4.0. Um, so we're going to go in a lot, a lot of different places, but, um, first and foremost, you know, it's an honor to have you here with me, Mike. Absolutely. Well, it's an honor to be here with you, my man. It is an honor <laughs> to be here with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm glad we, our paths crossed, man. Cause you're like, 
you know, you're like the big brother I never had, man. It's, you know, <laughs> we've been mixing it up. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> um, yeah, man. And then, and with, I mean, I don't want to jump into it too soon. We'll, you know, I don't want to jump into it too soon, but um, I saw a meme today that I think was quite awesome. Um, in fact, I should pull it up if I can find it real quick while we're in here. But uh, it was a picture of like uh, an, a, a, a white guy, a black guy, a brown guy, all in fatigues, laid up in the back of a jet uh, in the back of like a C-130 or something. And they're just sleeping on each other like we all used to, you know. Mm-hmm. And it said, take your racism somewhere else. <laughs> this is America. That, that, that You know what? When, when it comes down to it in, in real life, racism is a luxury item that shit's a luxury ideology in real life guess what you look around it's like is that dude is that dude solid is that dude legit or not it's like yeah he's a you know he's hispanic or he's black he's white like i didn't ask you what he looks like right is the brother solid yes okay we're good is he not solid if that's yes if he if he's a problem i don't care what he looks like i don't care captain america like i don't care if you're fabio i don't care if i can't rely on you then, then then what do you got what do you got like or, and that's what pisses me off. It's a luxury item. If everything else is cool, if your life is easy, then you can start looking at superficial stuff and making judgments. If your life <laughs> gets challenging, you're looking around going, who can I lean on? Who's got my back? Who can I rely on? And, and, yeah. and I'll tell you what, that's when all of a sudden you see through all the facade. You see through You see through freaking socioeconomic strata. You see through yeah. pigment. You see through all that. And you go, that dude's good. And I'm with him. Or, yo, man, get, get away from me. I don't want you near me. You're like, I didn't want to hear rumors about you. Get away. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that, man. That is a luxury item. That is is probably one of the, that's one of the best things I've, ways I've heard it. And I think, you know, America's suffering from a lot of luxury items right now, man. If I could be honest, you know, we're we're hurting right now that the, the, you know, our lattes and all our stuff have become our biggest issues. And we're, we're hurting a little bit from that, man. So we're going to get into it. Just the way I compare it is like, you know what? People complain because they go to Starbucks and they don't have any freaking, you know, peppermint for their peppermint mocha. Right, like, right. How many, how many times you've been like, I just would like some water. That's all. <laughs> it's 127 degrees. I have been covered in Kevlar and fucking cotton and shit. I just like water. That's it. Like just a warm freaking bottle of water would be fine. Yeah. And when you get it, it's the best bottle of water in the world. Because it like drinking water is not a luxury. You need it. Having coffee is a luxury. And people get pissy about you know, they get pissy about stuff that doesn't mean anything because they can. Because, because they they're, can. They're fat and happy. A hundred percent. No, and that's 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 the world we are, are living in right now, man. I, I, I look at, you know, and we'll get into all these things, but I look at the Afghanistan situation and I'm like, you know, this is really, really sad and horrible. You know, but this has been happening all over the world every single day we've been in on, on the planet. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Boom. And actually uploaded. Sweet. Ladies yep. and gentlemen, I'm going to bring that out here in a little bit. But this has been happening every single day on the planet, somewhere in the world. Oh, since the beginning oh, of time. <laughs> since the beginning of time, yeah, right? This is you're not yeah. saying I'm not insensitive to it at all, man. We 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 raised money, we did a lot of things. A lot of good people did a lot of things. But I'm just saying, like, just optics, America. Like, we are so stinking blessed, <laughs> you know. So we're an anomaly, bro. Our system, our system is an anomaly. We are like a postage stamp size island of civility and plenty in an ocean of scarcity and barbarity. We live in a way that nobody has ever lived in history, and freaking half the people can't even see it. 
It's like, go yeah. to these other countries and watch what yeah. happens. Yeah. Watch what yeah. happens. And you're like, dude, all of a sudden you're like, wow, it's good here. It's like all kinds of good here. And that's oh, it's beautiful. Like, yeah, like you, you're missing, you're underexposed and under-traveled. And so you think that your little, little inconvenience is a, is a hardship and it's not. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not a real one. hundred percent. So looks like people are starting to hop on here, man. Uh, let me know if you guys can hear us. Give me a seven in the comments. Give me a seven in the comments if you guys can hear us. So we know we got our radio checks all good, all clear. And then we will dig into this thing, man. Good to see you. Uh, Dominique, Jacqueline, Larry. What's going down, Larry? Jacob. Oh, we got a seven came through, James. All right, Michaela. Awesome. We got some sevens coming through. Nice. There we go. So we're up. What? Where's everyone from? Where are you guys from? Let me know in the comments. I like to see what the yeah. reach is on these things. Seven, my boy Luca's in here. You know, he's up in Toronto. Good to go. We got, all right. So we're up and running, man. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar with Mike Pannone, I say he's a living legend. You know, um, I'll let him dig into his, 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 res, his kind of background here in a second. But, you know, to me, you know, he, he, he'd tell you first and foremost, he's a father, but in my opinion, he's an exemplary man, man. You know, uh, the man's operated at the highest levels in our armed forces for decades. And he's been like, he's been injured in ways that would be catastrophic to a lot of people. And he's come back and he's, and he's still bad enough to come smoke check me at, a, at, a, at this, like far and away smoke check me at, at any shooting, anything, right? You know, so, if you, you know, he's he's a man that's come back from something, you know, and he's also uh, a man that can explain things in ways that I've I've never heard to this day. And that's before we get to the tactical things. You know, it's a, we're blessed to have have you here, Mike. It's an honor to be able to do these things with you. Thank you for your time and attention, man. Um, uh, thank but, you, my brother. Thank you. And <laughs> I mean, I mean, my brother, like my actual brother. I've, <laughs> you're, you're like family to me. and I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Yeah. And your guidance has helped me as well, you know, over the years. So uh, for everyone who's not familiar with you and you guys, Mike is going to be one of our instructors at this upcoming Protector Symposium 4.0. So you'll have a chance to learn from him if you come and join us. Hope you will. Um, would you mind just giving him a quick glance over your your pedigree, where you come from and your background, sir? All right. Um Yes, on the just on the military side, uh, I started out in the Marine Corps as an infantryman, and then in reconnaissance, it was in a battalion and force recon, and then I switched over, went to the army, went to Army SF, um, was a weapons sergeant in uh, First Special Forces Group, and then I went from there to JSOC, was an assaulter and an assault breacher, and uh, I sustained a breaching injury that took uh, took my right eye. Um, I medically retired right before the war kicked off, and then I helped stand up the Air Marshal Program in 2002, starting in January. Went to Iraq uh, after that in 03 and 04, doing high-risk PSD for uh, the Iraqi media network in, 0, in 03. And then in 04, I was covering the governorate coordinator at the Isle province. So I was the, the project manager for the site there and, you know, a detail member as well because we were always understaffed. And then I went back again in 05, and I was a ground combat advisor to the Marines in the Anbar province um, in the summer and fall of 2005, did a regular, effectively like a regular combat tour with the Marines doing counter ID stuff. And then came back from that and worked for, worked stateside with the asymmetric warfare group doing pre-deployment training. And then was the 
first senior instructor for Viking Tactics and then started my own business. And I've been doing that ever since. And I'm Kayla's dad, which is my full-time full job and the most important thing I've ever done. Yes. No, I love that, man. I finally understand what you're talking about, man. It's, yep. it's a beautiful that's thing. You're pretty really proud, Pop. You know the deal, my man. Yeah, man. No, that's, geez, I just, I just shudder to think, you know, the, <laughs> what, what kind of hell we can bring to the earth if we uh -huh. ever needed to. Good Lord, have yeah, mercy. Yeah. Thank God, <laughs> you know. At any rate, but yeah, man. So it's an honor. Yeah, you guys, um, you know, Mike's done a lot of the things that you guys see in the movies and the things that you read about and want to do. Um, and he's been doing it for years, man, you know? Um, and so when I talk with Mike like this, I'm always trying to get that wisdom, you know, trying to get, see what, what that gray hair is all about. <laughs> that's what a lot of this is about, but um, one, a concept that's been kind of new to me and I'm going to put it up on the screen. I want to get your thoughts on this Jordan Peterson video real quick. It's like a 30 second video. Oh, let's see here. One of the things I tell young men, well, and young women as well, but the young men really need to hear this more, I think, is that you should be a monster. You know, because everyone says, well, you should be harmless, virtuous. You shouldn't do anyone any harm. You should sheath your competitive instinct. You shouldn't try to win. You know, you, you don't want to be too aggressive. You don't want to be too assertive. You want to take a back seat and all of that. It's like, no, wrong. You should be a monster an absolute monster and then you should learn how to control it yo my brother so with regards to being a protector and the jobs that we have to do what do you think about that concept that jordan's talking about there i i i agree with that 100 and and it's not the way it's said is kind of flamboyant and that's what he wants right. he wants to grab you but the point is that to 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 be when he's talking about being a monster it's having the ability not just the physical ability but the emotional ability to do things that 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 other people maybe are unwilling to do even in the defense of themselves you have to be something that is regardless of size something that's ferocious and if not then then people will step all over you and it's man and woman alike i mean you, you need to stand up for you and you need to be willing to go to the wall for you and to start with and that's what and 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 there's a reason there's a reason why, for the most part, I mean, there have been times in my life I had, I've had some I've had some scraps, and it's you know, yeah. two lines run into each other. Somebody's going to fight over territory. That's the way it works. But overwhelmingly, people don't people don't hassle me. They really don't right. because they can see it. They're like that that dude will fight you, whether or not he'll beat you is really immaterial. But there's going right. to be a cost connected to it. And the more that they look at you, I can look at guys, and I can look at guys that that are that are scrappers. And they'll look mm -hmm. at me with each other. It's like, I see you. I see you too. Okay. And you keep walking. But yeah. you see the guys that are posturing and you look at them and they're like, oh shit, he's looking uh, at me. Not like yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit, he's looking at me. And you can tell. Like, true. Everybody knows who the killers are and nobody has to yeah. tell. Yeah. Like, but be a, be a, be, you know, what he's talking about is being, being ferocious, being, being ferocious of, of, of heart and spirit to start with. Yeah. Like, yeah. In the end, People will respect you whether or not you can you can defeat them in personal you win or not. They'll respect the fact that you, you, they're going to get a fight out of you. They're going to remember fun. you. And I, I got I got long ago in a, in, a, in a different time. I got in a in a fight in a bar um, overseas when I was a marine. And the dude that I wound up scrapping with was a lot bigger than me. And yeah, I, I told him right there. You know, we, we threw some words around. We were young guys. You know, we were in our early twenties, and we we're like, and I was like, and he he pushed the fight. And I just told mm -hmm. him, I said, look, I'm not saying I'm going to win, 
I'll tell you what, you'll remember me the rest of your life. You will never. <laughs> and we, we went at it, and it was it wasn't pretty for anybody. Everybody got scuffed up. Everybody got so. Like nine years later, I was in the airport in Hartsfield, and I, I just sitting there, kind of spacing out, and I see yeah. somebody stop in front of me, and I look up, and and I'm like, hey, and he goes, you were right, I remembered you. We sat down and drank a beer. He's like, man, I never fought anybody like you. And I, I grew up fighting in the street. And so it's like, yeah. there's, there's a way you fight on, you know, in the ring and on the mat. And there's a way you fight in the street and they're different. And so, uh, and some people are, but it's, it's the ferocity. It's the fact that you, you may best me, but I'm going to leave a mark on you. And that's what he's yeah. talking about. And then people look at you and go, you're not, you're not worth it. One, you're, you're, you're courageous enough to fight. You got to, right. you have to be able to flip that switch and, and literally like Jordan Peterson says, be a monster. Be someone that right. you don't, it's like trying to fight a bobcat. You may be right. bigger than the bobcat, but it's going to claw you and bite you. And it's, it's going to make you hurt. And what are you really yeah. going to get from that? And that's, that's what he's saying. If you stand around like sheep, you get treated like sheep and you get slaughtered like sheep. And that's man and woman alike. For, for I, I taught some women's classes out in California with a, with a woman I knew out there, Mia. And yeah. we, we talked to the women about it. And I used to tell them when we get, you know, the, we taught firearm stuff, but it was in the morning was just shooting, nothing else. And then the afternoon mm -hmm. we talk about it because it had a defensive flavor. And I used mm -hmm. to tell them, listen, if if somebody steps to you in a parking lot and like tries to grab you and put you in a car, you better be like, no, whatever we're going to do, we're going to do it right here. It's going to go down yeah. right here because if I get in that car, it only gets worse. But nobody can hear me scream. And that's being that's being being a monster. That doesn't mean you always win. It means you fight. It means you freaking bring you. You become a savage. You fight like a savage. And, and that's, you have to be willing to do that. And that's what he means by be a monster. Be someone that, be the bobcat that nobody wants to scrap with. Because you know, even if you win, you're getting bitten and scratched up in your face. Caught. That's <laughs> yeah. what he's talking about. You can control that. You don't have to be a, you know, a freaking ass to everybody. That's not being a tough guy. That's having right. a capacity. And, and people look at that the wrong way. They look at that as somehow it's, it's some sort of, you know, malignant or malicious thing. It's not. Dude, I'll. I sat outside one time and my daughter even asked me about it. I sat outside and fed a sick bird until it died. Why? Because, you know, nobody should die alone, man. Yeah, because huh? like, I'll yeah, tell you what, if you, yeah. if you come near my daughter, it's on and it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. It's not, I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not going to talk. I have nothing to say at that point. I'm not going to feel bad. Like, yeah. And that's what it means by being a monster. Yeah. monster. And if that's what you want, yeah. and that's what we can do, we can do it that way too. We can be reasonable adults and be peaceful and go listen to like everybody, let everybody be. But if you want to go that route, you have to have that. That's got to be inside. And that's what he means. Right. And if you disagree with it, you're just you're just incorrect because that's not how life is. You know, right. you gobble up life and life gobbles you up. Pick one. Right. And in any minute, at any minute, like driving your car is one of the leading causes of death in America. Like any yeah. minute you're going to work and everything changes, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's why I think personal protection and understanding these things is so important because it's all good until one day it's not it's a, yeah you know, exactly one trip to your car from your office and it's not yep. and then you got to deal with it the rest of your life and, and you, you got and the whole thing is that's that's just we we live in such a safe society that people forget mm -hmm. that there's other cultures in the world where every day going to the store going to the market is dangerous as hell and you better that's be ready right. you don't have to throw down to protect that bag of rice and that freaking you know and those vegetables literally right. so it's like and that, that's what he means. And like I said, he, I think he does. I like Jordan Peterson. I, I, I like his methodologies and his mindset. But what he's saying is retain that capacity, that primal capacity to fight for what you believe. 
Just harness it. Right. Don't do it because you can get away with it. Don't do it because you're stronger. Do it because at that point in time, you will not be done wrong. You, right. you will defend your own. If, if you want to put it this way, you'll defend your own honor. Okay. Yeah. You can't get that back. You can, you, you can't like, you can't take my honor. I can give it away, but you can't take yeah. it. You can beat me nearly to death, which has happened before, but I won't give that to you. You have to, you know, it. and that's the truth. You can get beat because it, and, I mean, it, it wasn't about whether you won necessarily. It's about whether you fought well. You can yeah. get beat down and you're, and everybody can still be like, man, you took a beating, bro. And you still are okay. Your street credit still all right, you know? You're in the yeah, squad, been, you're I've still been, sit down I've and piss been, or anything. In my lifetime, I've been tuned a couple times and mm -hmm. I just, I kept, kept trying to get up to the point, like the, like the freaking cool hand Luke scene where dude's like, yo man, come on. Like just, just let it run. Just let it go. And, and yeah. like you said, you, what, if you don't keep getting up and keep stepping into it, what you're giving right. away is your honor. Then you're giving, giving away your honor. You tell people, as long as I can get to my feet, I'll get to my feet and I'll come back mm -hmm. at you. And then, and everybody there will see that and go, he, like, one dude's bigger than the other, one dude's more talented, but the dude's got heart and they'll respect that. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's the point. Like, oh, some man. shit's expensive, man. There's some things <laughs> that are expensive and defending your own honor is expensive. It just is. It's expensive. And that's why honor is, is so valuable. I was actually having a conversation with myself the other day because I was like, you know what? Like, I want to tighten up some more. I lost some weight this year, got more lean, got feel more dangerous, feeling good. And I'm like, I want to tighten it up again. I want my eight pack for Instagram. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, but I was like, yo, I, mean, I, can I can do better. And I remember just sitting there thinking and being like, you know, you're just going to have to suffer. You know, I've been working at this pace where it's like not that bad, you know, because I'm doing all these things and it's psychologically it can be somewhat depleting. Right. So my discipline has been in those other areas more business wise. But I'm sitting there. I'm like, bro, you know, the key, the key is just gone ahead, get you a good glass of suffering. And you go ahead and you you work that discipline until you become strong enough and it becomes a habit, you know. Um, and so some like you said, some things are expensive and the best things are expensive, you know. Um, so I couldn't agree with you more, man. What would you say to civilians that are, you know, watching this that are like, well, I don't have like an aggressive or a, a monstrous bone in my body. And we just sound like two uh, lunatics or sociopsychopaths sitting here. Uh, what would you say to them? Some, how some, start, people, some people have it um, just now. I, I was, I mean, it was, it was a joke in my family. I was always the one, I was the youngest of five. I was kind yeah. of a prodigal son. I always had, you know, like freaking. Wilding out. Hot, being crazy, hot, 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 chick on the back of a dirt bike ride without a helmet kind of guy. Like I was always that guy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That said, the, the big joke was that I was, I was the one in the family that accelerated into collisions. Like I wasn't breaking. I was accelerating yeah. into collisions. I was always that way. I was always just a hard head. I always just want to smash into stuff. And so it's, that's something that is in me. But I've seen guys that, that, I, that I went into the Marine Corps with that were not that way. They came from really good, you know, really good upbringings and lots of love and lots of hugs and lots of chocolate chip cookies and all that. And shit, I didn't mm -hmm. have that. That was, that, that, that's a gap for me. But that's how they grew up. And you know what? They had to harden up. And they were around a bunch of freaking dudes like me and other, other kids that came from the other side of the tracks. And oh, all yeah. of a sudden they realized like, hey, these dudes are, these dudes are a lot harder than me. And, and, they, mm -hmm. and they, they changed. They decided that that was something they needed. And so they yeah. made the conscious decision. They said, I'm going to harden the fuck up. Like that's yeah. because all my boys are hard. And right. we would get, I mean, back, back, back in the day, you could like 
getting friggin' bar fights and stuff like you that. Good and fights. you didn't go to yeah. prison. It's just like, all right, they got everybody together and everybody ended up and paid for the broken, you know, freaking mirror behind the bar and stuff. It was a different world then. But that said, yeah. everybody fought. Like if you, if we got into scrap and you were with the boys and you didn't step in, Dude, you're, you're, you're questionable, man. Like oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're people pulling your back right there. So it's like, you gotta, and there were dudes that I saw, God bless them, that had no skills and just stepped in. Cause like, that's what you do. And then they learned like, Hey, I, I need to backfill some skills on this. Cause I just got my ass handed to me, but yeah. decision you make, you decide that, you know what, this is so important to my existence, especially if you have someone with you, if you're a dude, mm-hmm. you got a chick with you. Now I've walked outside of bars before when I was a young stud and, and chick them with like, why are you going out there? That dude's like twice as big as you. And the answer was, because I have to. I have That's to. why. And, and you know, I'm not, I can't explain it to you. If you don't already know, I ain't explaining to you. And it, it ends just you like know. you thought it would end. But you know what? Yeah. I still, you know, that part of me was still intact. And that's you just something. That, yeah, that's At the end of the night when you looked in the mirror yeah. and you're licking your wounds and you're icing yourself. You still a dang man, you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, exactly. You don't, you know, you don't have to quit. You don't have to go. Well, if I had done this, well, maybe there's no maybe's. And it's like ass kickings go away, but loss yeah. of your honor that doesn't. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta value that. And yeah. uh, when he talks about that as well, nobody from the guy perspective talking to you dudes out there, yeah. there's there's no chick that you want on your arm that respects a weak guy. That that they'll that. That, that particular true. incident when I walked outside and she asked me, like, why are you doing this? Like, you, you know, he's twice as big as you. And the answer, I remember saying it to her. I remember exactly where and yeah. who. I remember your name, girl, um, was because I have to. And that was the truth. And she respected yeah. the hell out of me for that. Yeah. And it wasn't, she's, she's like, wow, you went out there and like, and like, you know, basically took an ass kicking for me. I'm like, mm, not completely. I went exactly. out there and get a kicking now. The world and that's part of it. You're part of it because you're calling me out. This this one's for me, and you get the benefit of it. Preach. That's what it was. It's like, hey, all your fr- all your girlfriends get to look and say that dude will step into it, knowing what's coming for you. And that's mm-hmm. that's one of those things, man. You earn that with somebody, and and you get it back. You know, you get it back for the threefold. And for all the chicks out there, you, you got to be strong. You got to back your dude up, man. Like sometimes yeah. that comes at a cost. But the bottom line is, if you can't rely on that person you're with. And and that that's a problem. That's a problem, and that that causes a friction. Everybody's got to know there's there's certain roles that you can step into that have been that have worked since the beginning of time. And I know what mine was and what it is. And so, you know, but you decide that. You decide who you are. Nobody else does. No one else does. It ain't your mommy and daddy's fault. Nah, nope. it's up to you. And you can change it. You can go go to a gym. You can go get roughed up at an MMA gym right now. You go hit the weights tomorrow. You pick up a kettlebell. You can go ahead and look yourself in the mirror. Smoke check yourself in the mornings and yep. go on and, and 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 get after it and sharpen your fangs. That's the thing, man. And I think it's and I think it's it's one of the most beautiful things when you have a man that's sitting there and I'm able to be compassionate and loving and happy and gentle because I know I'm strong and dangerous. You know what I mean? Like so I it's, it's, you have a luxury, yeah, you know. It's I'm, I'm looking at a comment, but Justin Thomas, man. You're right, bro. I grew up back east. I grew up in New Jersey, man. And the whole yeah. like, just because you're a nice guy doesn't mean people are going to be nice to you. Sometimes oh, yeah. people are going to call you out and work you because they can. And some people are there. That's what they're for. They're for the entertainment of it. And they're not yep. going to stop because, okay, they, he's had enough. They're just going to keep going until somebody stops them. And until it's just the truth, them. That's just the truth. It's like, and it's, not, it's not fair. It's not fun. It's not whatever. You can get whatever, whatever you want to put on it. It doesn't matter. That's just the way it is. 
And there's yeah. some people out there that that's their thing. They enjoy that. They're, they are there for the beating and for the humiliation. And, yeah. and you make Watch it better world. by not fighting. You make it better for them. You make it even more fun for them. Yeah, 100%. And that's why good people have to be formidable. It, like, mm-hmm. it, and because down on this planet, yeah. evil will literally reign if good people are not formidable. Those people in Afghanistan right now talking about having to sacrifice their daughters because they don't want the Taliban to get a hold of them. Mm-hmm. Evil will reign when it's stronger and it's relentless and it's a pitch black hole and it's yeah. never quenched until someone checks it. Someone checks it. You know, and we've seen that in the different theaters. Real quick before we get into that, what would you say about this protector DNA concept I've been playing with, man? I feel like a lot of guys on the show, man, they're just like, this is just who I am. It's what I am. Yeah. I feel like this, this, this brand, the Protector Nation, really speaks to people who you might be a plumber, you might be a, uh, you might be a, a, someone working at a bank, but you've always been a protector. There's just something in you. You know, someone can mess with you at the bar, but they mess with your friends. You're the guy that stands up. You know, and I, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm thinking that that's a thing because I know for me, I've always just been that way. Even when I was a chubby little black kid, and there's four kids, three grades older than me, you know, and they're picking on my boy. Like we were about to go some distance right quick, and we did. They jumped me four times in one day for my dude, and I fought him every single time. You know, you know, after, you know. it's. I, I think, I think some of it is, some of it's in you, and some yeah. of it's how you're brought up. Yeah. Um, and so, Nature like me, for, for me, as you know, growing up, um, mm-hmm. I was youngest of five. So everybody knows what the connotation on that. That usually a young one usually gets freaking, you know, is the recipient, shall we say? Yeah, <laughs> that side of it. And, yep. um, my, would you say my ch- my childhood was suboptimal in a lot of ways? And so yeah. I understood things at an age that that most people didn't didn't learn yet. And I also mm-hmm. understood, like my dad would say, like. There was a there was a dude that was two grades ahead of me, and two grades ahead of you when you were in like third grade is a, it's a big deal. That's, That's a big, big deal. It's like a grown and that, man. <laughs> and that that I used to walk to school, and that dude he used to walk by me and punch me in the stomach like every day. Jeez. And it's like, and my dad was like, "Hey, at some point you're gonna deal with this. Like you're gonna go there and get punched in the stomach every day, or you're gonna fight this guy." And I remember thinking like, "Oh, but I he's bigger than me, and he's two years older than me." And my dad was like. You deal with it like you're figure it out yeah. somehow. And so I, I got I got used to going to school and get punched in the stomach. Till one day I'm like, well, shit, if I'm gonna get punched in the stomach, no matter what, like he did it for fun. I might as well throw one at him. So I yep. throw one at him and I still got punched in the stomach, but at least I got a chunk. At least I got a chunk of them. And I learned it's like, hey, if you're gonna get something from me, I'm gonna give you something back. Yeah, you may yep. best me, but you're gonna remember. You'll remember me. You'll go, wow, this dude's gonna throw one back at me. And so it's like I learned at that point that that being passive, letting someone victimize you, letting someone hit you is just foolish. It doesn't like why you're going to get hit anyway. The people that are going right. to do you wrong are going to do you wrong no matter what. So you might as well make them pay up at least something for it. Find some way to yeah. freaking, you know, to, to get after them. And that's why I like I, at that point I learned that and I learned I learned that side of it. The protector side came from being bullied as a kid by, by that by that kid walking down the street. I learned how shitty it was. And I didn't want that to happen to anybody else. I didn't want anybody to do that to other people. I knew I knew what it felt like. And so it it was a formative thing at that age. And I right. to, to, to this day, I can't stand that. Like I, I will stop people doing dumb stuff and be like, dude, what are you doing? I was in a gym and this this dude was berating his girlfriend. I was like, bro, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Stop it. And he's yeah. like, Well, what do you have a problem with that? Yo, man, stop. Just freaking stop. 
just stop one of you helpers end up barking at her. He's like, why don't you mind your own business? And I'm like, hey man, I'm in LA fitness and I can hear you over my freaking earbuds. You just made it my business. And he kept yeah. trying to argue. I was like, hey, check it out, man. He's, you know, he's a freaking young buck. He's 21, 22. I was like, yeah. yo, man, there's some shit I know about me that you don't know about you yet. So why don't we go out in the parking lot and figure it out? Okay. Let's just figure it out. Hey, yeah. he's like, well, you kick my ass. I said, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I won't. Let's go find out. And all of a sudden he was like, whoa. Cause I wasn't like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I had literally not a freaking thing to say to you. If you're going right. to, you're going to treat somebody like that. You're just a jackass. And more than likely, if you're treating someone like that, who's your chick, you're probably a jerk anyway. And you're, you're probably, a, you're probably a loud mouth, just talking smack. Cause you can get away with it with her. Well, guess what? Right. I'm a grown ass man. You want to forget. And, and he, nobody had ever, nobody ever called him out. Yeah. And you can out. see that look, you see that hollow look in their eyes when yeah, you do that. What do you mean? Like, like, what do you mean? Uh, I mean, let's go outside the parking lot. And, and you're like, yeah, it's that time, buddy. <laughs> and then they're like, uh. and you're like, he kept oh, trying right. to talk his way out of it. And I was like, yo, dude, I got nothing to say, man. You either yeah. shut your mouth or let's go. Let's let's do right. this. And it, it, it's like, and then he kind of like, well, uh, I'm like, stop. Just stop. Exactly. <laughs> like, stop. But that's the kind yeah. of shit, man. It's like, you know, you you get you get accustomed to standing up it's a habit and then you just you don't tolerate it and that's the protector side of it i didn't want to see this young girl bullied that was crap man i didn't even like yeah. my, like if some dude's like doing that to my sister or my daughter or something like that like no that's not what you do that's right. not like and i won't tolerate it i won't stand there and watch and go, well that's not it's not my business man I'm like, you know, i'll just turn up my earbuds no but you're complicit that's where that comes from and that's just it it becomes a lifestyle it becomes who you are like you, yeah. just, you won't stand there and watch injustice done because you can, because you have no legal obligation. Right. It's like, more than that. It's way more yeah, than legal it's, stuff. It's way deeper than that. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely, uh, you know, it, it's something that there's, there's a part of it. There's a part of it. That's, you know, that's nature. And there's a part of it that's nurture. You know what I mean? There's a part of it that you, yeah. you learn along the way. And, mm -hmm. and that those, are, those are experiences that you have. If you were bullied or if you were, you know, yeah. mistreated in some capacity, you know what it's like. And so you don't yeah. want that for anybody else. Yeah. You know, if you're a good yeah. person, if you're a bad person, then you pass it on. It's like the guy right. that was beaten as a kid who beats his kids. And you're like, dude, you know what it was like. And it sucked. Why like, you pass it on? You? You're weak. Yeah. You're a weak human. Right. It's, it, it is. It's that. Too. I mean, from that trauma, people go high into the right or the, or the left. You know, they get better or worse based on a lot of different things. And I'd see the same thing. So there's some people that have been victimized that become, you know, stronger. You know, mm -hmm. um, and yeah. and and that's always that's always beautiful to see. I feel like there's so many successful people, and if you really ever sit down and talk to them, like the the dad that made the business out of nothing, he ain't gonna have an easy background. And the son that's that's lived and grown up in the lap of luxury is gonna have a hard time being a good man. It's a really interesting dynamic. You know, yeah. how often do you see a yeah. son of a good man that is a good you know, man? I always tell people, thing. man, the, the way that the way that you make freaking the way that you make great knives. Is you just take steel and you heat it up and you hammer the hell out of it and then you quench it. You stick it in either water or oil. And if it yeah. if it cracks, it wasn't any good. And if it doesn't crack, it's really hard. It's just like yeah. making people like making steel and you hammer it. And yeah. if it doesn't break, then it's what you want. And if it breaks, then you start all over again. But you, like it, it's you got to be tested. You got to be pushed. You got to push yourself. We need we need more of that in our society. There's a lot of looky loos standing around watching people get beat down and doing right. nothing and except videoing on their phone. Like, mm -hmm. and then they wonder why when it's their turn to get beat down, nobody comes and, out. Everybody and everyone's just on their phone. Yeah. yeah. What would you say? Um, so you had your accident. 
I want to get into some of the software, man, that you used and, and, and what coming back from that was like, you know, because I know a lot of people are going through different things in life, losing their identity, you know, losing different skills and things that they believe make them who they are. You know, would you talk? <laughs> you know, time to go ahead and get a little wet, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, when it comes to, you know, could you talk a little bit about where you were in your career, how that affected you, and then maybe how you pushed through that? that trauma mm -hmm. it's very real i couldn't imagine well i was at um i was at uh sfod i was an assaulter and i was an assault preacher um <clears throat> and i i set a charge we were doing rehearsals for recapturing down pilots and i set a charge and it fell in midair and detonated and the shockwave that came off the end just split me right like just basically straight across here that whole side um 64 fractures from the neck up brain hemorrhage uh explosive enucleation of my right eye. So basically it just turned my eye, ripped it inside out, and ripped it out of my head. Um, and it blew my lips apart, cut through my knuckles, my tendons and all that. Uh, it was, wow. um, yeah, I mean, I remember it. I remember it. I was, they, they say that I was only, they, they think I was semi-conscious for about three to five seconds. Um, but I remember, I remember everybody talking to me. I remember all of it. I remember when it happened. I remember blowing the charge and going, oh, that was wrong. And, and you know, I fucked up before I even hit the ground, knowing I was fucked up. Um, and then uh, it was kind of, then it was foggy because my brain was swimming in its own fluid at that point because um, it hemorrhaged. And then I remember thinking that somebody was pouring water on my face, like to wash off the wound, but it was actually my own blood. I was gurgling in my own blood because I was on my back. And that's wow. when one of the guys on my team came out and gunlighted me. They, they didn't know where, because when the, when the breach blew, they went past me and went inside. And they're like, you know, where's he at? Went back out yeah. and my buddy gun lighted me and just saw blood just shoot out of my mouth. Like, oh shit, that ain't right. So, yeah. But it was just really, it was really, it's surreal. It was like I, I remember, I remember laying there and like in my hearing my own voice in my head go, fuck, man, this is how I die. Damn. Yeah. It was like it was one of those weird, like it wasn't scary. It wasn't, I was just like, wow, this hurts like hell. And then I'm like, well, no, I'm actually still here. It hurts too bad. Like it was really it, it still was really hurts. Weird, but it's like, but that was that was one of those, that was one of those things that you know the whole journey through the hospital and waking up because my short-term memory was, um, was, was, um, was gone. Actually all of my memory, like I would remember in fragments, but I would wake up and my, my one good eye was swollen shut. So I would wake up thinking that I was, um, thinking that I was, you know, freaking blind. Wow. I was, I would wake up thinking I was blind each time. Like every, every time I would, every time I would come to, I'd be like, oh my, am I blind? Am I blind? They pull my eye. I'm like, no, you're good. I go, Okay, and then I basically pass out again, and then I would wonder if I was blind. So it was like that part sucked really bad. Golly, um, man. It's like traumatic every single time you woke up. Yeah, it was like it was it was one of those things that like that that I couldn't um, I couldn't remember it. So each time that I was swollen shut, they'd have to pull it open, and then I, after like after like two days, I, I realized I could I could like I reach up and pull on my eye, and I could see. I'm like, okay, I could kind of self self regulate. But it was yeah. it was one of those things like. I couldn't, I couldn't sit up. I couldn't, like, I couldn't barely move. It was, it was, it was just freaking hard, man. It was a hard, physically a hard time, but I remember going, okay, this is what I got. And my, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time, I'm like, Hey, get me, get me a bunch of coins. Bring me a bunch of coins. She's like, what? It's like, bring me a handful of coins. She brought me a handful of coins and I'd sling them out on the bed. I try to sit up and I'd reach up and pick them up, start building depth perception. I was like, get me, you know, get me a racquetball. I would throw a ball against the wall and catch it. Trying to learn how to like, how to judge distance and all. I just started, I just, got back to my feet as best I could. I would get up and I would walk down the hall in my little freaking dress with my ass hanging out with my freaking IV on a, 
on the you know on the the string on the string. Down, I could see Ward 64, and I would just kind of half-ass walk down there and touch the ward. And each day I'd go one one door past it. Like you just you either lean into it, like or or, or you just right. sit there and rot. Like we had a saying when I was growing up in my family. It's like some people want to be you know some some people want to be well, and some people want to be hurt. Like you pick one. You can lay yeah. there and go, "Whoa, it's me," or go, "You know what? This is my new life. This is the new me." And I, I right. it's time to go. Like it's time to step into it. And it's like that's all I knew. That's how I grew up. My dad was like that. My dad was a Marine in Korea and all that. And he was like, "Hey, man, bad stuff happens, man. You freaking you, you you claw your way to your feet and you keep moving. That's all. That's all you got. Nobody's gonna do it for you." And that's that's the recovery was was just will. I just decided to recover. I decided to be better. I decided to heal. It's just decision. You know, if you lay there, if you lay there, your body will atrophy and you'll fall apart and you'll live up to your own your your own self pity. Wow, no, and I think that's the most dangerous thing. And I think um, I it's awesome to hear you say that and to have done such an amazing comeback. You know, uh, and I, I I want people to realize that if you can do that in that circumstance, man, the things we have to overcome on a daily basis and the things that stress us out, man. These are things, and these are speed bumps generally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, if a man can do this type of stuff and now make no mistake, Mike's hot on the range, like smoking hot. <laughs> if you go follow him on Instagram, I'll put his link in the, in the chat and you'll see him tearing it up, man. It's, you know, you are, you become the person you decide to become. That's really it. You get to decide. Nobody decides who you are, but you. And I decided that I'm not going to be a broken ass dude. I'm going to be a dude, you know, down one. I'm in the minus one club, man. I got like, this one's made out of Lexan. That's fine. That's who I am now. But I'm not going to be some weak ass version of me and giving you an excuse. Go, oh, well, if I didn't have, you know, if I wasn't missing an eye, I'd be like, dude, no one wants to hear you trash. No one wants get him. Like, get you know, step into it, man. You step into it. It's like, guess what? That's who it is. And I've had people say to me, like, I'm shooting, competing and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. man, I bet, you know, when you had both your eyes, I bet you. I'm like, dude, that, that doesn't matter. That dude died. He died that night. In a millisecond, the old Mike died and a new Mike got born. And that's what that's yeah. all it is. That guy that had two eyes, that was an assaulter, that was, you know, five nine and two hundred and five pounds, he mm -hmm. died, and a hundred and forty-one pound one-eyed dude left the hospital hobbling out, freaking winded, trying to make it to the car. And that's where it started again. But, but that's what started. it's nothing like it's nothing personal, it's just life, man. That's just yeah. life going on around you. It's like catastrophe yeah. and and tragedy and misfortune swirl around everybody and they land on somebody and nobody gets left out. So don't act surprised. Just get, get on with it, man. Get busy living. I think, no, that's good, man. I think, I think maybe you were lucky. I know I was lucky to have parents that like, they loved me, but they didn't really care. Like, they, I mean, they cared, but like yeah. when I did good, they were like, good. That's what we do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I did bad, they I got beat. But when yeah. I did good, they're like, cool. Join the club. Finally do better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, who cares? Like you, can't, <laughs> like, you don't get a pat on the back for doing the right thing. Yeah. It's the right thing. Like, exactly. And it, it made me kind of in life. There's Just a difference be like, between making a mistake. There's a mm -hmm. difference between making a mistake and being lazy. When people mm -hmm. go, people go, and, and I've said it before, and I've said it in, in, a, in, a, in a couple times that I regret, but, oh, I should have known better. Motherfucker, like, I knew better. I just did it because I was lazy. Whatever For whatever reason, I did yeah. something that I knew wasn't the right thing, yeah. and I paid for it, or I almost paid for it big. And a bunch of people almost paid for it one time with me because yeah. I was a little cavalier with a decision. And I signed a bunch of dudes up for some stuff that they didn't sign on to. And right. all of a sudden, I was like, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, I should have known better. I'm like, no, you knew better. And that's when that was the, the epiphany for me. Every time I hear I should have known better, that tells me you did know better. And yeah. you did it anyway. You took the easy route. You hit the easy button. And guess what? 
sometimes when you hit the easy button, it's not what you think it is. Yeah. No, and they, and you got to pay the piper, man. Mm -hmm. No, that's good stuff, and man. And you pay right now. It's right up front. <laughs> yeah. There's no 90 day, like net 90 terms or nothing. No, it's, it's now. No, it's right now, man. Oh man, no, that's good stuff. I think it's it's good for people that because there's all these messages out there that are like, well, just you know, like these soft messages about like how to how to you know just do your best and it's okay and you're good enough and you're perfect for trying and for being here. I'm like, no, bro. Like, I'm never good enough. Like, what are you talking about right now? Someone said something the other day, you know, and 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 they were like, I said something on one of my videos where I was like, I'm not good enough, and I was like, I'm never gonna be good enough. That's not what this is about. You know I'm what I'm saying? Well, I'm not as good as I I'm not as good as I can be. I right. can be better tomorrow. Better than yesterday. I'm, I might yeah. be as good as I can be today, but I can be better tomorrow. hundred percent. I'm better than yesterday. Sliding. Even if even if it's um even if I'm one freaking millimicron of whatever better, I'm better. Yeah. That's, that's all that matters. If I'm not going backwards, I'm going forwards. And so it's like that's the way I look at it. It's like if you're not trying to be better, it's like you're just you're just treading water in life. You're just treading water. This is good which, enough. Good enough is treading is, water. And treading water is waiting around to drown. If yeah. you tread water, eventually you will drown unless somebody saves you. You just, you just get fatigued and you'll drown. Mm -hmm. If you swim, if you pick a direction that looks pretty good and you swim in it, you know, you got a good chance of making it to shore. You can still drown, but you got a chance. If you're right. treading water, you will drown. It's just, it's waiting for you. It's out there. Unless someone comes and saves you, you're going to drown. So pick a direction and swim, man. Because in the yeah. end, if it all goes bad, it ends the same way. At least you gave it a shot. At least you gave mm -hmm. it a shot. Otherwise, you threw it away. You threw it away because no one else did it for you. Uh, switching lanes into the uh, this Afghanistan thing, man. Do you feel like, what do you think about implications and things that um, could come from this for the civilians? You know, even us back here at home. You know, You're looking with, at a threat posture that's going to go up. You, em you emboldened a, a movement and an ideology that despises what we have who we are Despise they don't us. like the life we live they look at it as evil and sinful and bad and they they, they enjoy the watching country. burn yeah they, they, they want it they want they want to they look at it and i i look at it as it's almost a, a like a jealousy because yeah. they love what we have mm -hmm. they hate us they want our stuff but they right. hate us for having it and they don't and then right. I, i've seen that in a lot of different places but it's really pronounced there I also think that that it, it is emboldened. You're going to you're going to recruit people because of that. They're going to have you know followers that want to be a part of that because they 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 won. They beat America. That's the way they right. view it. They did. They don't they don't view it the way the West looks at it. And goes. You know what? It's just not worth it anymore. We're out of here. That's not how they view it. That is not how they view it. They view it as we outlasted you, and then we finally beat you because you're gone and we're still here. And that's just yeah. the way we don't understand in the West the way they view warfare and you know the whole you've got all the watches but we have the time. That's been said right. for freaking that, that, that the Taliban didn't say that or no he said that people been saying that for years. Yeah. Okay. And it's and it's because they are willing they are willing to, to endure they are willing to endure and at a certain point we weren't I think it was radically mismanaged I think the entire thing me personally the way I look at it and I said this years ago I said this ten years ago. Rolled up in there in two thousand and freaking in two thousand one at the end of it, and then two thousand and two. Yeah. Get asked. We should have just said, "Listen, we're, we're once 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 the Taliban had, had been you know beaten down and Al Qaeda and all that, we should have, listen. We're done here. You saw what we just did, right? You saw what we just did. We're going home. Don't make us come back. 
Yeah. Clear. Do not make us come back. Because as painful as that was, it will be infinitely more painful if we have to come back here and leave. So we, we park you and then we just go, listen, we're going to walk. If we have to come back, you remember what that felt like. And we leave. Should have done the same thing in Iraq. You got Uday and Tuesday and freaking, and then Saddam found the bottom of a rope. He said, listen, you've got the country back. We're leaving. We cut through you like a hot knife through butter. Don't make us do this again. Because if yeah. we're, we're going to make it painful because we're going to be pissed off that we have to come back. And they would respect that. Instead, we stayed there. We mismanaged it. Even after we beat the Germans, we, we denazified everybody. We renounced the Nazi party. Okay, now go back and run the power plant because we need you to run the power plant. Okay? And so we, we told them, listen, you, you're, now, you're not a Nazi anymore. We respect that. Go. Go run your country. What we did with the with the bathists is we we debathified it. We basically created a whole shadow army and infrastructure that was already in place. And then when when the insurgency popped up, it wasn't just a bunch of dudes with rifles ambushing the Americans. It were it was military units reconstituted in civilian clothes that knew all the streets and all the, the alleys. And the, we created that through mismanagement. We did it in a different war, and we didn't learn from it. So that was all that part. We we screwed that up from Jump Street. Now yeah. what we have, we have an emboldened enemy that is going to get what I call non-aligned sympathizers. They call them lone wolves. Yep. It's a non-aligned sympathizer because guess what? If you if you if you announce your allegiance, you you profess your allegiance to the jihad, you're a jihadi. You're you're on the crew, man. You're part yeah. of the team. Yeah. And so right. if you decide, hey, you know, I am a member of whatever, and I'm going to shoot up a freaking school, then you're part of it. You're a martyr. And so you you are creating an environment where those non-aligned sympathizers will come out. They will come out because, hey, maybe I'm nobody. Maybe I have a crappy job. Maybe I feel slighted because I came here from wherever, and I don't feel like I'm really an American, even though I think yeah. it's a fallacy. I think you you have to make that up. In your mind, you have to make that up, and you have to feel sorry for yourself. But they will jump in, and they will decide that they want to be somebody. And guess what? I'm nobody Monday, but by Tuesday afternoon, everybody's going to know my name. And yeah. that's the problem. That is the problem. 100%. So, so on, from the security perspective, we are. I think we have to be really guarded about about resurgence in resurgence in what I call non-aligned sympathizers, but lone wolf attacks, because you mm -hmm. you they, they want to be on the winning team, and as far as they see it, they won. Absolutely, no, hundred percent. I was watching an interview with the Taliban the other day, and they were like, uh, and they were like, you know, just to continue fighting is winning for us. Just to continue fighting is winning for us. And now we sit here with our borders open. We've really destabilize the heck out of a lot of people in that region. And mm -hmm. they're going like this all over the world right now. And some of them are even coming to America, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. now, I mean, it's almost like, I feel like we're setting ourselves up for our own insurgency, you yeah. know, for, 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 you, an, you, you uh, have to be guarded about it. Yeah. You have to be so, guarded yeah. about it because the, the threat posture has changed dramatically because oh, yeah. we projected weakness. We have projected yep. weakness on an, on an international level. And that yep. will be they'll, they'll be responded. That will be responded to. Hundred percent. Nature does not like a vacuum. And wherever, whenever we back off the world stage, we create a vacuum in leadership in the yep. world. Someone will fill it. Hundred percent. They always do, man. No, that's good stuff. And this is another reason why it's that much more important for people to be learning these skills back home, man. Learning these skills on how to protect your stuff, because protection is the one capability that protects all of your rights. <laughs> it's the one thing you have. That, yeah. that make it so people you can sleep home you can sleep uh safe at night it's extremely important yeah. um so let's see here digging into one more uh 
little, little bit of a divisive topic, man. We've had many conversations on this, you know, as we've been watching things on the in America become more and more divisive, man. And, you know, and it has to do with the, the divide that I think is being socially engineered between our, 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 there's one race, the human race, but the, but our cultures, you know, white, black, yellow, even they're getting after the Chinese, you know, what would you say about that and implications, uh, in America, even with regards to Homeland Security, but even the experiences you've had in your life, man, what concerns the racial you? Racial divide in the country? Yeah, yeah man. As it's, we sit here, one white guy, you know. <laughs> it's, I've said it before, man, that, that whole, the whole concept of racism is a luxury item. You yeah. have to be in a, you have to be in a place where you don't have to rely on anybody and you can be a fucking two-year-old. Okay. Yeah, that's when right. you, people, when you gotta look left and right and let like that dude's got that dude's got your back. You see, yeah. you see skill and proficiency and courage yeah. and all that. If you have to rely on somebody, okay. If I'm laying on a table getting worked on, which I have been a bunch, I look up and I'm like, is this doc good? And they're like, well, hell, he's like, you know, he's a white guy or he's a Pakistani guy or he's like, I don't give a, I don't care. Is he yeah. a good surgeon? Like, I don't care what he, I don't care if like, I don't care if he wears freaking, you know, Halloween costumes in freaking this middle of the summer. I don't yeah. care. Is he good at what he does? If the answer right. is yes, he's my boy or he's my girl. That's cool. I don't care about the rest of it. That's a luxury item. Okay. When you're all, when you're, when you're in a bad spot, okay. What you mm -hmm. look for is capability and reliability. Can they do it? And can I count on them to do it? Everything else is ancillary. That's all luxury stuff. Are they tall? Mm -hmm. Are they short? Are they white? Are they black? Are they, you know, Indian? Are they Hispanic? Like that's all a luxury item. Okay. So in times of consequence, we go, shit, can this dude or this chick freaking bail me out? And will they? Yes and yes. We're on the same team then. And, and so that's why what, what, what you have is you have a you have a apparatus within the country that uses it to divide people in order to gain power. That's what it is, because it doesn't in in, in real life. It's not something that that is is predominant in our society. It's not. It's just yeah. and I, I'm all over the country. Yeah, no, I'm all over the country too. And honestly, like, you know, I, I, my heart quakes. I, I feel bad for people that allow that to hold them back. Like, I feel like we all have things in life that try, that try to limit us. You know, some of us are tall, some are fat, some are short, some are fat, some are skinny, some are white, some are black, some are yellow, pink. I've had doors open for me because I'm black. I've had doors closed because I'm black. Mm -hmm. I guarantee the, the girl, the boy, the, you know, whatever you are, you're going to experience the same thing. And to me, it's always been, my dad's always been, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, your success is your equation. Sure. You better figure it out. And now we have yeah. so much opportunity. <laughs> like I, you know, like, like I've been on the cover of call of duty of uh, two video games, yeah. you know, not cause I was black, but like, you know, gotta have a black guy. You know what I'm saying? You know what? It is what it is. It's There's like no shame it. in it. It's, you know? it, but it's like, it's, I have had, I have had door slammed in my face because I'm white. I've had, yep. you know, I've been beaten because I was white. I've been, yeah. I've, had, I've had a lot of bad stuff happen to me just because I'm white. And I've also had folks that don't look anything like me mm. come save my ass. You know, you know, yeah, man. And I think it's interesting now because it's like I find with people that they do a dance when I meet with them. You know, it's like mm -hmm. when I see someone, I I want to I want them to know I'm not mad at them because of their skin color now. Because yeah. all this social engineering, you know, I'm yeah. I'm like extra cool to people now. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and I've had plenty of white people come up to me and be like, "Hey, 
you know, black lives do matter and try to try to make good. And like, and, and I always feel bad for him. And I'm like, you know, you don't, you don't have to say that, you know, like I just see you as a human. I want you to see me as Byron and uh, let's just do be good and live a good life together, <laughs> you know, but you it's know if, it, if you have to, if you have to step to somebody, if you have to step to somebody and say black lives matter, that means that you feel like you have to validate that, that whole concept. You have to, right. I have to let you know that, you know, that black lives really matter to me. Like people being right. alive matters. Like right. everybody's life has value until they revoke that value. If you're a serial killer or a pedophile or something, hey, newsflash, you got no value to me. None. Yeah, you ruined it. You ruined it. We don't you know care. What? A good dude just trying to get by. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. You're trying to get right. it done. You're leaving people alone. Guess what? I don't see, I see a dude trying to get by. Yeah. See, that's all I see. Or I see a chick trying to get by. I don't see, I mean, she's not Hispanic or Asian or black or what. I don't see that. I just see somebody trying to get by. And you 100%. know what? I give them their, I give them their due. But it's like, mm -hmm. if you got to somehow profess it, it tells me that something in you maybe didn't believe that before or didn't, or looked at people differently. And now you feel guilty. I don't feel guilty about damn thing. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't treat people poorly. Even if people treated me poorly, I understood that it was just a certain group of people in a certain place. And I understood it. I yeah. understood it and said, you know what? That's just, that happens, man. It is what it yeah. is. And yeah. so it's like, but, but if you, if you feel like you have to profess it constantly, then I'm, I'm wondering what's up with you. Like, because yeah. there's something well, in you that feels a little bit of guilt that goes, oh man, I should, I should, I better say this. Thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I, right feel, I think a lot of them just get swept up in it because they just want, they, 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 they want to, they want to be on, they have the right heart maybe, you know what I mean? Like they want to be on the good side and they're just hopping into something that feels good. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I, I feel bad that they feel like they need to do that. It, it's uh it's, it's something that I wish that we could focus on more constructive things about in our yeah, world. I, I, I was, I grew up working at my dad's refinery in, in yeah. the ironbound section in Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. And that was the inner city at that time. That was the inner city of the inner city. And mm -hmm. I was like the lone white face in the inner city. That's just, that that's just the way it was. And the way it works, if you didn't come from there is you got to earn your spot. And there's only one way <laughs> to get started. That's that's the only way it gets done. And when you mm -hmm. finally realize that, then you've got to step into it. And you know what? Yep. You get you get worked. It's but they want to see. They want to see you get back up. And at a certain point, the the, the freaking the dude who's the, the lead the lead guy in that crew is going to stop and go, okay, you're good. And yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna give you the nod. Yeah, it's, it's like and you're good. And and everybody lets you be the. They won't. It's not like they're gonna be your buddy, but they're just nodding. They'll say hey, and they'll leave you alone. You earned your you spot. get your respect. And that's it. You got your and token. If, you know, fair, unfair, good, bad is immaterial. That's not the point. The point is that's how it gets done. And if you yes. don't want to pay up right then, then you're going to pay a little bit every single day. And then in the end, <laughs> for the you're rest of you, anyway. you're going to have to pay them in. What yeah. would you, switching gears a little bit back into the tactical side of the house. I'm glad you said that, man. I think I think this is a conversation more people need to have and need to be more mm -hmm. comfortable to have. No matter what your color your skin is, you got yeah. an experience, you can talk about it. Um, <clears throat> what would you say about, you know, I mean, you're a phenomenal shooter, one of the leading in shooting instructors in the world. You train and, and you do things at levels that, I mean, like a less than 1% get to do things at level at levels at. Um, the guys with firearms, man, how do we really get good? Like, what is, what, is there a regiment? Is there a dry fire regiment? What would you say really even help you rebuild when you're doing this thing with one eye? Like, are there any nuts and bolts in there? That you can it's, give you us. Got, it, it's all the component skills. It's all the basic stuff. It's like for, for pistols, it's drawing a pistol from however you draw it. If it's from a belt holster or concealment, whatever, it's drawing presentation of the gun. And it's 
the ability to press the trigger straight to the rear and not move the sights or the dot. Like it's all simple stuff. It's not, the magic is there's no magic. There's nothing special. Sure. There's no secret sauce. There's nothing. When I was at Delta, all we did was all the basic stuff, really, really, really good and consistent and on demand, day or night, tired or freaking well, well rested. It didn't matter. But we could do all the basic stuff really well. And so when you yeah. assemble all that, because everything, everything that's complicated is really a bunch of simple parts. You got to be able yeah. to do all the simple parts right. And so on a dry fire regimen, like I was just dry firing today, I have a little timer. And I'll, when I've got 20 minutes, in 20 minutes, I can draw, I can draw and present the gun and drop the hammer of the striker. I can do that 200 times in 20 minutes. So yeah. if I'm just standing there, instead of just jacking around and doing nothing and wondering, oh, what am I going to do and scratching my ass, I'll get 200 dry fire draws in. And guess yeah. what? That's a that's a lot, and I didn't fire a shot. And I'm learning stuff, you know, because I'm shooting all red dots now. So it gives me a yeah. ton of feedback. Okay. And then, you know, tonight I'll do probably a hundred reloads. Just sitting yeah. there, you know, with freaking, you know, soundscapes on in the background, freaking getting my Zen on, and I'll just be doing reloads. Guess what? You do you gotta do the work, man. You know, our, our friend Luke says, man, he calls it underwear time. You gotta do your underwear, yeah, underwear time. Hours, man. Underwear, underwear hours. hours. When, you, when you're standing there, like you're just doing your thing, man. Nobody's around. And you're and you're you're doing the work when 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 you're not on the range. That's the key. You're yeah. validating all that, and then you go to the range and you validate your your dry fire with live fire. But it's it's about it's time. It's like it's like working out. Mm -hmm. and, you know that for, depending on you know who you who you train under, so to speak, or what methodology. It's time under load. It's yeah. how much time you're under load. For us, when we were in the core, you know, you can't learn how to ruck a twenty-five miler. Without covering distance and time, like you got to put weight on your back, and you, it's time and distance. That's Go it. And get it. <laughs> yeah, and so it's time under load, man. That's how you yeah. get. You can't. You can't ruck for two miles, you know, three times a week, and then go do a freaking McCrest, do a twenty-five miler, and think you're gonna feel okay because you're not. Yeah. It's gonna beat right. you down. You got to log the time in, and it's the same with everything else. It's not. There's nothing fancy. There's no magic. Just do the component stuff. Be able to draw and present a gun. Be able to reload a gun, and then set set up two targets in your house and just drive the gun back and forth. Train your vision to rapidly re reacquire another target and drive your gun to it. It's that simple. It really yeah. is. But it takes time. It's but it's, do the it's work. Simple, but it's not easy. Simple, but not easy. And there's yeah. no magic beans. Got it. Good stuff, man. So for this protector symposium 4.0. You're going to be teaching our module about gunfighting around vehicles. Yes, you know, yes. uh, could you give us a quick, oh, not a quick, but could you give us a synopsis? Well, first, before you get into the, the symposium, uh, what you're going to teach there, what would you say about fighting around vehicles? You know, as everyone's, you know, this is a topic that people have been trained in and yeah. do shooting videos about, you know, what would yeah. you, from your experience, because you have real world experience with this. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I do it that, yes. Um, Vehicles, vehicles. If a vehicle is not moving, if it is not in motion, which is the which is the intended design, what it's supposed to do is move things, objects, people. If it is not moving, it's static. It is now terrain. The vehicle is terrain. Okay. If it's not moving, it's terrain, and you deal with it as terrain. You're just fighting outside. Okay. And so, yeah. one of the things that's peculiar and unique about vehicles is they are in consistent locations and orientations in our environment at consistent times of day. So if you go to the you go to the Home Depot parking lot at nine in the morning, there's a grid pattern of vehicles, a logical grid pattern. If you go if you go there at two in the morning, it's empty. It's just a wide open lot, and so it's it's it is very it's consistent and it's easy for you to use as a planning sequence. It is terrain that appears and disappears at consistent times of day in consistent ways. 
It gives you high-speed avenues of approach in between them. You can move rapidly and not be seen. There's a lot of things that are unique about that particular type of terrain, which is what it is. Yeah. But it's 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 about its tactics at that point. The vehicle has no magic properties. It, it, it doesn't. And people try to use, well, use certain parts of the vehicle and all that. If you use common sense, it will tell you where to go on that vehicle. It will tell you that, guess what? I want the biggest piece of metal between you and me that I can get. And then I'll solve the problem from there. You also learn that the closer you get to people, the more the closer that reactionary gap is, the more skill is removed. Okay, it's way less skill. The closer we are together, the more it's just speed and luck. And a lot of it's mm. luck. And so there's there are decision points. Do I stay in my car and try and push my way out? Do I get out of my car? If I get out of my car, what do I do? How do I reconsolidate with other people that are in the vehicle? If I've got children, what do I do with them? There's a lot of stuff that you need to think about before, you know, before you start talking about guns and shooting and all that. And then like you see all the YouTube and Instagram stuff, it's all cool and everything. People shooting from the front seat and shooting through windshields and all that. Um, here's the deal, cats and kitties. If you're shooting from the front seat, you're in your coffin and you're trying to fight your way out of your coffin. You're basically already dead and you're trying to cheat the hangman. That's the truth. That's the truth. Because you're in a box and everybody can see that you're right there and you don't know where everybody else is. You're kidding yourself. That looks sexy on Instagram and YouTube. I can teach my mom how to shoot from the front seat in five minutes. Everybody wants to do it because it looks cool and they can send their boys a fucking video. Here I am shooting through the windshield. The truth yeah. is, it's basically a worthless skill that takes five minutes to do. If I'm shooting through the windshield, it takes no skill and I can learn it in five minutes. And it's not like somebody's going to have to tell me to do it. Okay. Right. And it's also people say stuff that's like it briefs well. Like, oh, you just shoot a little hole in the glass and shoot through that. Who stands still and lets you shoot it down? I don't know. I mean, like from my little slice of, of experience and, and, and Byron, you can say the same. Nobody yeah. stands around. You snap a bullet at them, they move. So what are you doing? <laughs> well, you're going to shoot through a little hole and try and like, no. Get it's, yeah, it ain't going to happen. It's, so you're, you're making stuff up to, to, to validate a technique that will never be applicable. It's right. And so it's like, there's a lot of smoke and magic beans out there. And, and I'm just yeah. not, I'm not that guy. I'm a matter of fact guy, man. Like if it's easy, it's easy. You're not going to turn, you're not going to turn and face somebody that's shooting at you with a, with a gun and try and turn and draw your gun and shoot them. You're just not going to do it. I'm telling you right now, you will not do it. You better figure something else out because if you do it, that will be the last thing that you ever do. You'll turn and face them and get shot in the chest or the neck or the throat or right in the freaking face. So it's like, there's a lot of stuff out there that when you, when you actually, at first glance, it looks cool. When you stop and go, is it, is it, can it really succeed? Is it where you want to be and what you want to do? And is it repeatable? Can yeah. you, can I learn something from this that will help me survive? I can, I can learn this and refine it and get really good at it. And, and I have a better chance of surviving. If it's not right. repeatable, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in luck. Good luck is for novices. Bad luck is for everybody. Okay. I want skill. Yeah. hundred percent. And this ladies and gentlemen is why we have, Mike Pannone and different instructors that have real world experience coming to the symposium, you know, because there's so much stuff out there that people are paying for right now because it's sexy marketing and it can, and it's not safe. It's not what it's, it's, it's cracking to be. And if you don't got no experience, you really can't, it's difficult to recognize it, you know? Yeah. It's, Dude, and it's, and you gotta, you gotta step out. You got, you gotta step out of your comfort zone. You gotta check your ego. Yeah. I learned that a long time ago. I mean, uh, about, about a year and a half ago, I went to our brother Craig's class, Craig Douglas. Yeah, oh yeah. And you know, end of the day, I'm I'm you know, I'm freaking, you know, I'm not the youngest dude in the crew. I can still get after it, but I'm not the youngest dude, but I'm fighting right. a 30, 32 year old dude 
in a, on a, in a gravel parking lot in front of a bunch of pickup truck lights at night. Dude. Like I'm fighting outside a house party over a girl. Craig Douglas and stuff is fight clubby. It's so fight right. mad fight clubby, man. Oh, it's awesome. but it's, it's like, oh, you got to step it. into it. You, you got to get lumped up. You got to get your back ground into a bunch of rocks while a dude's on top of you laying them in. Because that's because yeah. guess what? If, if if the first time that happens is for real, you're gonna, you're gonna be sol. And I've yeah. done it before, and I still stepped in it because I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna go out there and throw down because that's here that's, we go. You gotta check. You gotta check yourself every so often to go. You know what? Like I, I need to get I need to get current. I need to get lumped up. Yeah, I need to get lumped up, and so I I, I don't forget. And I, you know that's the key to it, man. You go do stuff that you do stuff that's uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. The, the easy stuff is comfy. Okay. Right. Like I said, get on Craig's class and Craig don't Craig don't play. Like you're out there Craig throwing hell. Like I said, when I literally we, we were literally in Vegas in a parking lot, big jagged ass freaking like shale rocks and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parking lot under under no, the light. And it's like Craig, all, it's just bare hands, just like sim guns and freaking knives and going out. <laughs> like I, and the thing is, and Craig and I have known each other for a long time. He's a great guy, and I don't, I don't I I'm all about giving him props, man. Like yeah, man. He, does, he does the three yards to hands on, and I do the outside three yards. I've done all the shooting stuff and all yeah. that. But it's like they, the two, you need both of them. You need mm -hmm. to refine both of them, and you need to you need to seek that out. You can't be yeah. forced to do that. You got to go. You know what? I want to. I want to. I want to either fill this gap, or I want to. I want to dust some. I want to take some dust off this thing. It ain't been used in a while. Let's 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 clean it up. Let's get after it. No, and that's that's exactly right. That's why I'm a you. And Craig Douglas will be at this event, so I can't wait. And then we'll have also Jared Wahungi, uh, Tony Sentmanot, and then you guys will also learn from Lieutenant Colonel Grossman. I just put a link in the comments uh, so you guys can go ahead and click that link. Go to protectorsymposium.com to check it out. Um, but I uh, I remember when Craig showed up for our last event, we were doing the hard skills intensive. And he's like, Byron, <laughs> he's like, find me. I need a murder alley. I'm like, what are you talking about right now? He's like, we need a place where the students can't get away from the fight. So we yeah. went and found these two, like it was like a, it was two cement walls. It was like the outside <laughs> wall of the building and the wall where they keep the dumpsters and all the stuff. And it yeah. was probably about maybe six feet wide. And we all made a line like fight club and mm -hmm. two dudes went in there and we rumbled and girls went in there, guys went in there and everyone got after it. And it was a great time. We wore all the yeah. safety gear. And this year you're going to learn how to fight in a car, <laughs> you know? So Mike yeah. Pinone's going to teach you guys how to fight outside of the vehicle. And Craig's going to teach you how to fight inside the vehicle. So it's going to be, and it's going to be about 72 hours of you just getting your mind blown by some of the best in the business. Yeah. I'm excited. And, that's in your, in your existence, you're always going to be interacting in some capacity with vehicles. You're yeah. going somewhere, you're coming from somewhere and it's a point of exposure. I've got to get there and get out of it. Then I have mm -hmm. to come back to it. So if you want to victimize me and I get out of my vehicle, you know where I'm coming back to. That's an ambush point. Like, right. that's why I, I impress that, especially on women. You get you you get out of your car and you go into the freaking, you know, a high end freaking shopping mall or something like Fashion Island or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's what you get out of your you get out of your Range Rover. You go to Fashion Island. They know you got money. You're going to Fashion Island and you're in With a Range Rover. And they know where you're coming back to. Yeah. 100%. And that's those transitional spaces. 90% of my tactical protection reviews all happen in parking lots, gas stations, yeah. and transitional spaces. It's that's where it's exposure. That, that transitional space is your ambush site. 100%. You just need to know that going into it. Context, mm -hmm. tactical positioning, rolling risk assessment, and, and, and play the game, man. The, uh, uh, what would, so what for this symposium, can you say a little bit about what you're planning to cover during the event when it comes to kind of shooting and moving around vehicles? Just, just a lot of it's going to be 
um, the use of the vehicle or multiple vehicles, how to move, how to get away. Yeah. You're not, th this isn't really centered around a dedicated, like an offensive unit would do things a little differently, but right. you're trying to break contact, you're trying to get away. The goal is to not, to not have to fight them, to avoid the fight. And so right. it's about decision, it's about decision points and having a plan. If you, if you are waiting for, if you're waiting for the situation to tell you it's time to act, that's, that's the wrong answer. You need to right. be reading the situation going, I'm a little bit ahead of it and I'm going to act now. Because there's going to be a window of opportunity. If you wait until it's perfectly clear, it's going to be gone by the time you try to exploit it. And so you've yeah. got to have, you have to have a plan in place. The big thing for, for people that are, if you're running a, a client, how, do I, how am I going to get them out? Where am I going to get them to? How am I yeah. going to control them and protect them? And where do we go? Yeah. Okay? It's, just, it's the same for a family. If you've got your wife and your daughter out there, guess what? You're on detail, man. You're on your yep. work. Like, Better believe it. Hell yeah, that's your job now. You might as well be protecting whomever it is that you protect when you're working for real. And so now yeah. you better have a plan and they better be read in on it. Okay? Yeah. You don't have to be all scary and stuff. It's like, hey, listen, back in the day when I was married, I, I told my ex man, I'm like, hey, listen, if I say, if we're, if we're out somewhere and I say, and you'll see the look on my face, I'll say, do this. That's yep. exactly what you do. You don't ask me why. You don't, you just do exactly what I say. You, you do don't look so you can see it too. You, <laughs> you know, you do exactly what I'm saying 100%. Yeah, so that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm going to impress. And then techniques that you can use, stuff that's simple and repeatable. And that makes simple. sense. It's easy to understand how you yeah. move, why you move, how you secure people in your group, how you reconsolidate. You know, it, it, that stuff's important. It's, it doesn't, you don't need an ornate, you don't need, the, you know, a, a, a version of a plan for like, you know, the invasion of Normandy. You right. just need a simple plan that you can actually execute that everyone can, can follow. And there has to be certain cues or, or signals that go, it, execution time, go. Boom. Okay, so that, that's the stuff that I want to impress. That it's not—it's not having a super fancy G Wiz Jason Bourne plan. It's a simple plan that we can execute on demand and everybody understands. I love it. Boom. Real quick, I'm going to run this quick video about the symposium so they can see what we're working yep. with, yeah, and yeah. then we'll come, we'll come back and uh, finish up the interview, brother. Much right, appreciated. Boom. walking into a parking garage and I'm thinking about this Protector Symposium 4.0. Why go to the Protector Symposium? Why spend your hard-earned money to go to the Protector Symposium? You know, why train like this? The answer to me is simple and it's literally why I created these events. Why do we train, you know? Why does it matter, you know what I'm saying? And I believe it comes down to a feeling. I believe it comes down to something akin to integrity, with yourself. I can walk around in this parking garage. I feel confident. I feel safe. I know that I can protect anyone else in this environment if needed, right? I know that I am one of the white blood cells, one of the antibodies in the world that stands for safety, security, and protection. 
I know that when I'm working in executive protection detail, I've done the work. I have cultivated the skills to be as formidable as possible. Uh, I created this event so that other people, civilians, and everyone else in between, law enforcement officers, military folks, people that are professional protectors, but also civilians could have that same feeling. Why the Protector Symposium 4.0? Because it's a once in a lifetime training event where you can learn from five different world-renowned instructors that are training the best of the best in our world right now, all under one roof in one 72-hour training event. The Protector Symposium truly is a once-in-a-lifetime experience because never again will you get an opportunity to learn all the skills from a synergy of instructors like this in one place. And never again will you have the opportunity to learn a number of the skills on the spectrum of integrated combatives, fighting inside of a vehicle, fighting around a vehicle, or get the soft skills from someone like Lieutenant Colonel Grossman in one place. So here's what we've got for you. We've got Lieutenant Colonel Grossman, uh, world-renowned instructor on killing, on combat, the mindset of those things. We've got Jared Wilhungi teaching integrated combatives. This isn't your time at the range where you shoot at still targets. This is a time in the range where you're going to move around and learn non-standard shooting uh, platforms and learn how to deal with enemies that are close to you. Uh, we've also got Tony Santmanat. He's a monster with a gun. He's trained SWAT teams, police officers, and fighting forces for years on the same topic, integrated combatives. Get your heart rate up, get moving around, have a good time, and learn how to use your firearm, right? Then we've got Craig Douglas, who is a legend in and of himself. This is the Formula One of protection. He's gonna be teaching us, and he teaches everything five feet and in. He's gonna be teaching us how to fight inside a vehicle. Literally, ladies and gentlemen, we are gonna learn how to defend ourselves in one of the most vulnerable places we ever find ourselves in, which is inside of a vehicle. Uh, I think it's gonna be an amazing opportunity so that when you're in a vehicle doing ride share or getting a ride from Uber Lyfts or whatever it is, you're gonna know that you can be comfortable uh, in that vehicle no matter what happens. <laughs> And last but not least, we're gonna have the infamous Mike Pannone himself teaching you how to fight around vehicles. Because as you just saw, I was in a parking garage and I was in what we refer to in the industry as transitional spaces. 80% of violent altercations happen inside of transitional spaces. These are spaces when you're moving from one safe location to another safe location. When you're on your way from your home to work, when you're on your way from work to your car, this is when it's gonna happen. And so this Protector Symposium 4.0, we're gonna be focusing on those very things that you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis in your everyday life, or if you're a professional protector, and we're gonna bring the best people to you in one place so that you can walk the earth knowing that you have been taught and that you have the skills to stand up for what you believe in. Ladies and gentlemen, this brand is about making the world a safer place by helping good people become more willing, capable, and prepared. We are gonna help good people become more dangerous because we, we, the civilians, the people out there are truly the first who are going to have to respond and personal protection is our responsibility. And the reality of this game is you wanna train with us. You wanna train with us. We are 
your family. We're protectors. We're good people. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're the people that you want to get your heart rate up. You want face your fears and get out there and hit the range with us. And, and, and let's get better together. Join. It's like a protector family. We are the nation, man. So you want to come in and learn and fail and roll around with us, man. This is the safe space to get better so we can be formidable and make the world a safer place. So check the link beneath the screen or visit us at protectorsymposium.com. Join us at this once in a lifetime training event. Let's train together so you can also have that feeling so you can know that you've been tried, tested, and trained to defend and protect. This is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade, reminding you to be peaceful, but not harmless. Out. Boom. Yo, what's up? What's up? Boom. <laughs> anyway, I love those things, man. I put the link next to us so you guys can go and check those tickets out. Uh, to train from to train with Mike Pannone, Craig Douglas, Jared Wahungi, uh, Tony Santmanat, and uh, Lieutenant Colonel Grossman all in one event. It's coming up, so don't don't wait. We are almost actually we're selling out, which is quite an honor. And I'm just honestly half the reason I organize these things is so I can train with all you guys, man. <laughs> Hang out, <laughs> right? That's half my motivation for this stuff, man. I love it. Yeah, man. So, you know, I, I, I think we hit some pretty good stuff. Let's yeah. do one real world, one quick real world video. I just want to get your take on what you see happening right here, because uh, I think you'll be able to dig into the psychology of it a little bit better than a lot of people do. OK, we've got two guys walking down the street. Boom, shooting starts, something happens. And that's the clip. Two guys walking down the street. It looks looks like the dude that walked out of the screen. Freaking. He, yeah. he, opens, he opens fire on them. And yeah. they're confronting. It looks like they're confronting him. And then he freaking gets to jump on him. Oh, oh boy, in the back uses his bro as a freaking body armor. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I. I, uh, I, 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 just the psychology of, it. have you ever, yeah. have you, I feel like that's something that people need to know. Like when, when, if you're not trained, you know, what you're going to do when things happen is something that's still foreign to you, <laughs> you know? Uh, well, yeah, I look at that as those guys, those guys rolled up on him. It looks like they knew him and were confronting him and he started backing out and they took that cue as he's, he's, he's not. He's not a threat. He's freaking, yeah. you know, he's complying, so to speak. He's giving in. And all right. he was doing was getting a little bit of distance to get his freaking, get his stuff out. And and they were completely unprepared. Their defensive posture was completely down because they saw him start to back away. The assumption is he's not going to fight us. All he was doing was getting a better position to fight from. And they they read the cue completely wrong. And then by the time they realized what was up, it was on. He was laying it to him. Yep, exactly. Let's do one more real quick. I got one more queued up. Okay. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> that was just foolish. That was just foolish bravado, man.
That was foolish yeah. bravado leaving with your chin. He's, he yep. was posturing up. Those dudes were leaving. It was done. And he had to step up and posture. And he was looking at the wrong dude, and somebody else jacked him. He's like, Thanks. the guy he was making eyes with, he was locking eyes with, wasn't the guy that threw it. It was another guy. Because he was, was. He was, being, a, he was being the freaking the, the, the tough guy at the last second when they were already leaving. Dude, that's silly. That's just silly. It was done. You could just sat down and whatever. It's over. Instead, you got yeah. your jaw jacked, and now you're unconscious. Exactly. And it, it's it's a very interesting dance when you're dealing with when you're dealing with these types of situations. You kind of have to know when to posture, when to let them know they're not going to run you over and when to respect the fact that they're walking away. <laughs> you know, dude, look at his hands. His hands are at his sides. His, yeah, he's not he's not in a position where he's ready to fight. He's not his legs aren't loaded. He's not like ready to throw a punch or anything. He's just standing there posturing. He has a jaw yeah. jack. He got his jaw yeah. jacked because he was over there. He could have just let him walk by. It's over. Instead, he got knocked the fuck out. Like, yeah. and that's the game, man. That's just silly. That's stuff that you that's that's young guy stuff. That's young guy <laughs> posturing stuff. It's like, hey man, all of a sudden you're gonna break that. You know they're leaving, so I'm gonna like throw them all like, yeah, that's what I said. And guess what? You got tuned up because yeah, you're doing something that serves no purpose. You're putting yourself in a position with that's indefensible. You're already you're already facing four dudes. If they decide, guess what? We're going to get back on the subway car and work you like a summer job. You're not doing anything about it. So you stand there posturing with your hands at your sides, leaving with your chin, wondering why you got knocked out. Like, yep. I was just, Negative. That was foolish bravado. That was. Exactly what that was. Yeah, man. So uh, having the training, understanding these things, you know, this is really what we're all about at the Protector Nation. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm honored to be able to share this time with you, my man. And to, I can't wait to train with you in Florida, link up with you, you know, do the thing, oh, do what yeah. we do. Time, you know, uh, Mike Pannone is going to be dispensing knowledge and wisdom from the stage on Friday. We're going to learn soft skills from him, uh, the ology behind what it is he's going to be teaching us mm -hmm. on ground on Saturday and Sunday. So we're going to get the soft skill portion and we're going to get the hard skill portion. No matter where you, who you are, background, law enforcement, military, civilian, you want to take your game to the next level, come train with us, come learn from us. I put a link. I put a link. In, experience, man. 100 years worth of experience easily right there in that symposium. Yeah. Real experience, not friggin', not, not, you know, not theoretical so experience. Not marketing, not good marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know. Expensive experience. Yeah. Real quick, I see Luca has a question. Uh, thank you both for your time. Question: How do we earn those challenge coins? <laughs> you know what, Luca? That's a great question, man. Uh, I saw a few uh, questions squirt through here. Um, Luca, the challenge coins you will get, and I actually always carry mine on me. Uh, at the end of each day, you will have an event that is going to bring together the skills you will have learned that day at, on the hard skill side. It's a challenge coin. I don't know if you guys can see that. Um, boom. That's what's up. And I'm, I, but I'm going to make some new ones for this event. So y'all gonna have some special ones and you will get, uh, you'll get tested at the end of the day, essentially with kind of like a crucible. Um, at the end of the event, we're going to add up all the scores anyways, and we're going to actually get a winner out of the whole thing. And that winner is going to win a prize but your challenge coins you'll get after completing the hard skills portion of the event, my man. So anybody else wondering about that, uh, boom. 
Uh, let's see here. We had some comments. Uh, I don't think we had any other major questions. I think we actually addressed them as, as we were going. Um, boom, 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 boom. There was one question about shooting at a range. Uh, only one who knew that. Da, 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 da. Byron and Mike. Let's see here. Michael Stankerner. Byron and Mike, I am a former fast marine. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. did either of you ever go to summit point to train? And if so, what are your opinions of the program? Did you ever train at summit point? I, I didn't. Yeah, I did. I did a long time ago. So I, I'm not, I, I don't comment on other people's curriculum unless I was just there. And so I wasn't just yeah. there, but when I, when I went, cause I, I was on a mobility team. So we did driving stuff mm. and stuff like that. And I did some stuff in, you know, in a couple of different units that I was in, in the Marine Corps and in the army. Um, and what we did was, was contracted specifically. There were certain things that we wanted to do when we went there to the raceway. So, but so I, I don't really comment on it. I, I I was happy with it. So, but I don't know what I don't know what they're currently teaching. I don't know who their cadre is. I know that. So, um, I uh, I couldn't really put I could really couldn't put my name behind it. But when I when I was there, it was good. I was happy with it. So. Awesome. All right, you guys, we are about out of time now. Um, thank you so much for being here with us. Mike, thanks so much for being here. Uh, I'm going to put a link to your website. Boom, mm -hmm. just went out in the comments. And we will have that in the write-up for everyone who gets to see this uh, interview as well through the podcast. But uh, what are you up to these days and where can people find you? I, I've, got a, I've got a lot, a lot of... Um, law enforcement stuff. I'm almost completely doing law enforcement stuff. I'm getting ready to, to, to do some different stuff in my business. And if we're going to do a, um, a whole big push on the, on the just civilian side, but nice. right now I'm, I'm stacked. Everybody pushed everything from the COVID year into this year and they want it now. So I'm doing that, but, um, <clears throat> keep, keep your, uh, keep your eyes peeled. You'll see it on social media when we start to open up some other stuff on the civilian side, it'll start out in California because I'm close by and my friends, Sweet. So, um, and that'll be out Route 66 shooting sports park. That'll be pistol, rifle, vehicles. That's stuff for the civilian side. So that's what's that's where I'm going. And in between that, I'm doing Spartan races and you know, drinking scotch and chasing women and all that good stuff that men do. Just saying. Yeah, man, I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much once yeah. again, my friend, brother. Yeah, I absolutely. appreciate you, man. Absolutely, bro. And Let me say one thing real quick, man. Sir, go out there, be a monster. Just be under control. Just like Jordan Peterson said, that's what we started with. Be formidable. It's it's good for everyone around you. It's good for the country. It's good for your family. It's good for your friends. Be be strong and be courageous and, and decide to be that person. Decide to be the person that you'd like at your right or your left when it goes bad. Be that, be that person. Man or woman, you both be there. 100%. 100%. That's good, man. I love it, man. Peaceful, but not harmless. Exactly. That's what's up, y'all. All right, with that, I will shut this thing down. We'll see y'all on the next podcast, on the next piece of content. Hopefully, we'll train together. Out. Boom. Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, you'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or 
join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.